Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. <clears throat> what up, high fiver? Sorry, uh, yeah, still got this cold, but uh, I'm still rocking. But uh, you know how I like to do. So I want to do a really quick preamble here. So uh, this episode, we've got episode uh, 3.7. Uh, this is the seventh episode of the Chopping It Up series, and I've got my new good friend, Mr. Uh, Kevin Garifo. Uh, Kevin Garifo is part of one of uh, one of the powerful triumvirate that makes up the Shining Wizards podcast uh, that you can hear every Monday night. Uh, but listen, Kevin and I, I mean, we don't go back per se. Uh, we do go back like on the internet, uh, but I just had an epiphany a while back that I don't actually know Kevin that well. Uh, so I figured, you know, fuck it, you know, what a better way to get to know Kevin, uh, but then to have him on the podcast. Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of dig into the story of what makes Kevin uh, tick, and uh, just to kind of break down the fourth wall, um, I've talked about previously in previous episodes, you know, that Tom's currently got some beef with Zoom, uh, we only get 40 minute minutes, uh, but in pre-production, Kevin and I actually used up our first entire 40 minutes. Um, we just started talking like we've known each other our whole lives, and once we started hitting record, uh, that really kind of translated to to the podcast. So I thought it went really, really, really well. You know, this is kind of like the first uh, first chopping it up where I have one of my quote unquote wrestle friends, and we talk about um, non wrestling. You know, we did talk. Obviously, wrestling is going to come up a little bit because it is a big part of our lives. But you know, most of us talked about Kevin's comedy career. We talked about bartending. I told a great story how uh, there's a legendary NHL player that was pissed off at him because he passed out drinking tequila at his New Year's Eve party. But I'll leave that for the podcast. But yeah, this is awesome. You know, Kevin and I we probably could have gone another two hours uh, pretty easily. Uh, if your boy Hi-Fi Tom's voice hadn't gone out, and uh, I'll be honest, I'm glad we did it yesterday because uh, today I actually feel even worse. Uh, but yeah, but Kevin, I uh, just once again want to thank you and uh, High Fivers. I hope you guys enjoy this, man, because this is a great conversation. So uh, check out all the links in uh, the podcast here, Kevin's Twitter and Instagram, and also make sure you follow the Shining Wizards uh, podcast. So thank you so much, High Fivers, and enjoy. What up, High Fivers? This is your boy, High Five Tom, and uh, I am very, very, very excited. I know I say this a lot, but I've got a very special guest, uh, my good friend here, uh, Kevin Garifo um, from the Shining Wizards, but uh, obviously he's much more than just the Shining Wizards, but uh, Kevin, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I am great, man. Very excited about this. Uh, long overdue for a, a good talk, and we we talked a lot before the pod, and yeah. and uh, I'm very. Uh, it, it was great. If we could, if this conversation that we have tonight could be half as good as what happened off the air, I think we'll be right. okay. So, um, if you want to hear that, well, you can't hear it because we didn't record it. Nope. So you guys are nope. you're out of luck. So, um, good, some good stuff. Yeah, it was awesome. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, really, kind of the genesis of this um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Shining Wizards guys um, did a down the aisle thing. And Kevin mentioned my name because I was texting Brundon, who was on there. He's like, I don't know my Spock very much. I'm like, well, fuck it. I don't know Kevin very much. So, Kevin, you are the first person, um, like we were talking about in pre production, um, that was, you know, one of my wrestle friends uh, talk about non wrestling. Um, Should so, yeah. be interesting. Should be very interesting because I don't really talk about a lot of other things other than wrestling. So this should be good. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited too. So, um, well, let's just start off with the comedy. Um, Do you have any shows coming up? All right. So here's here's probably where I I probably should have mentioned this to you too. 
COVID literally like killed comedy in New Jersey. Yeah. Like, like literally destroy at least my rooms. Yeah. Cause I would have, I would have been running weekly rooms here, weekly rooms there. COVID drained a lot of the bars that I would do the comedy shows at. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. And then, so they didn't really have a whole lot of interest in bringing them back because they couldn't afford it. So, and then I guess I, I'm not super active in pursuing it because I'd rather, you know, right. I don't know. It's weird. I just, I haven't written anything new in like two years. Okay. So like just doing comedy and doing the same jokes that are pre COVID wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> like right now, like I don't have any COVID jokes. The only COVID joke I had was like, like when my hair was really, really long and like, I would have to book my haircuts like tattoo sessions. Right. Like, like you come in for one. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll finish this here. And then we'll touch it up in about two weeks. Yeah. Like, so no comedy, um, co- live comedy for me has, has not been, great lately but i'm sure as soon as i pick up the phone and call somebody it probably will it probably will pick up awesome yeah um so yeah that's i mean that's what i was really kind of curious about so i mean i'm gonna ask the tolkien question but uh how did you start off in comedy kevin all right that's a great question and as token as it is i mean that's where you start because that's how you get the the feeder questions um i was drunk at a bar (laughs) and they were doing an open mic type scenario where it was a competition where you would go up there amateurs would go up there tell jokes and um and the 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 audience would wave either a gold flag if they liked you or a black flag if they didn't nice so i i was drunk i was like i could do this i could be a comedian so i signed up next week went up one um oh shit and yeah and then, like two weeks later, there was like the or like a month later, it was like the grand championship. Went up, won. So I that so then I won my first paid spot, and then and that was in my hometown, West Orange, New Jersey. And so then from there, that person would uh, continue continue to book me. Her name was Pat Berlon, who just I'm not trying to bring the episode down. Just recently passed away. She would always book me in local shows in in all around Essex County, New Jersey, or in South Jersey. And then you just keep going and you keep working and you keep working and the opportunities just kept coming and it was, it was tremendous. So, yeah. So basically to answer your question, I was drunk at a bar and signed my name on a piece of paper and that's how I got got into comedy. So you got paid like your second or third gig? Yes. Probably maybe, maybe more like fourth or fifth. We're not talking like, I know, but I mean, but still, it's it's like, it's like $50 and a gold medal. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I've got friends who do a comedy for, for 20 years and they get 100 bucks are fucking ecstatic, so. Yeah, wow. and, and that was great. When I started getting, when I started opening and the checks were like 150, I was like, whoa, I don't, de- I don't deserve that. Yeah. But it was, uh, no, I had a good run a lot for like the first, I'll say like, all right, so not the first, but like from year three to like, nine i had a good run of performing in new york every week no shit yeah performing um again some of these some of these are you know your your saint mark's place dive bars and you're opening so the people i've opened for are now on like saturday night live and are now 
like like Michael Che, like uh, who is a WrestleMania alum. I know this is not necessarily yeah. a wrestling podcast, yeah. but he's uh, it's I unavoidable. Like, it's probably going to happen. Yeah. So like Mark Norman, Seth Morrell, uh, Bobby Kelly, uh, Rich Voss, uh, Jim Norton. So wow. I've been able to open for a lot of people. So that that little span was great. And then just like everything, if you're not consistent enough, if you're not working enough, then the phone calls start to, to dry right. up. And, and, and that's, that's kind of what happened. But I had a great, great run. And, I, and I, since then, I would still do shows. I had auditions with MTV. I had a... Wait, what? Wait, what? What? Yes. I had auditions for MTV in around, I want to say, 2000. Four, 2003, 2004 for TV shows. For like, TV. I mean, I hate everything MTV stands for, but I mean, what were the auditions for? Like talking head shows. shows. Okay. Like, like, you know, those okay. shows where like they play music videos and then you have the people in the corners and they make jokes or they make comments. Oh, really? Videos. Yeah. It was a show called FNM TV. It was hosted by, I think it was like MTV's version. They wanted it to be MTV's version of Good Morning America. Where like oh. it was hosted by like it didn't last long. Yeah, it was it was hosted by the guy from Fallout Boy. Why am his name forgetting? Why am I forgetting his name? Yeah. Um, uh, Pete Wentz. Pete Wentz hosted hmm. the show. So you go in, you watch these music videos that haven't been released yet. They put a camera right in your face. Oh, that's cool. And uh, you. You, well, first you watch the videos. You actually watch the music videos like before anyone else has ever seen them. I think mine was like a T.I. He's a rapper. His video, some indie rock band. And then it was uh, P. Diddy's Making the Band Band, whoever they were called. Uh, so they, you watch the videos and then they give you like 10 minutes to write down like yeah. comments on it and jokes on it. And so I did that. And someone said that they saw me on TV, mm. but I was at work, like my, my day job <laughs> at work. So, and then it was post VCR era. So I yeah. couldn't, and I didn't, and, but pre DVR era. Right. Yeah. That weird. Yeah. So I, I couldn't watch it. So like I, I asked like, and if like on Facebook, if anyone sees this text or not text, I don't even know if there was a text era then at yeah. this point, just, message me or comment here if you saw me on the show and i had like two people say that they saw me but i've never been able to see the footage so i cannot confirm i mean i would use it on bookings yeah mtv like i'll say yeah mtv MTV. yeah mtv yeah kevin but yeah so i had a good run for a little while wow i mean because i'm just shocked that mtv was even even back in 04 was even playing music um but i mean yeah again it was it was like the era of like I guess quasi like, I guess the best comparison would be like, remember the show, like I love the eighties or like, I love like, so like when they would play something and then they would literally, someone would pop up and start talking about what again, called talking head show. So that's what, that's what this was designed to be, but they didn't really necessarily want negativity. They wanted like, quirky funny like maybe positive comments about the show because it's so much easier to be negative than it is to be positive yeah so like if you don't like what you're seeing you could always be like hey burr, 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 burr. yeah and, but it was good I, and again two people said that i was on but i cannot oh. confirm it 
So, well, we'll have to track that down now though with the power of the internet now. So I've tried. It's not oh, there. Interesting. Yeah, MT. <coughs> so that was filmed in the city then, huh? Yeah, it was in it was in New York. Yeah, in the MTV studios. In I, I'm assuming. I've, God, it's been so long. Uh, I'm assuming right in like Times Squareish. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And that's around the time that Jimmy Josta was doing Headbangers Ball for Hate Breed. So Headbangers Ball, my God. Yeah, when they did that reboot um, back in like 2002, they were on MTV too. That's when I still had cable. So yeah, it may uh, have been before 2004. May have, it may have been around. Oh, I graduated college in 2005. Was it after 2005? No, yeah, it had to have been after 2005 because I, I started because I didn't start comedy until 2005. Okay. So it had to have been after. So it may have been 2006, 2007. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Listen, I'm just surprised they had video, even back then. So, I mean, I can't remember the last time MTV played a video. So yeah. Well, a couple, yeah, it was a couple auditions. So it was pretty cool. It was, it was surreal. It was a great experience. Yeah. So before the world flipped down, so kind of tell me more about the scene, uh, the, the comedy scene in New Jersey. I mean, I'm assuming you obviously have ded- dedicated comedy rooms, but like, is it a majority of like comedy rooms or just bars that have comedy? Or both. I'm actually. I'm sure it's probably both. But what would you say is the majority? All right. So you have Uncle. You have Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club down the shore. You have Catch a Rising Star in Princeton. You have the Stress Factory in New Brunswick. Wow. Um, but other than that, it's promote. Dude, the similarities between comedy and wrestling are are so abundant. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's basically promoters trying to find a venue that the establishment will work with where both make out where both can make money. So when I started promoting shows at, in my hometown of West orange, this place was super awesome to me, had a great outdoor venue. So we did like six shows in the summer Yeah, and it was perfect. And I would be like, Hey, listen, this is what my headliner needs. Can you give me this budget? Plus maybe, if I have three other comics on plus like another, like 20 each to give to them. Yeah. Or like maybe sometimes it would be less like if, if, if the headliner wanted more, but I really wanted that headliner. Right. So, um, but, but comics are just like independent wrestlers. They work for, <coughs> they, they work for whatever you, they work for the stage time. They work for the ring time, but you got to make it at least give yeah. them something to fill their tank. So for the most part, as far as I know, and I might not be the best person to ask, other than those comedy clubs that I'd mentioned, it was mostly restaurants, bars uh, that would say that their establishment was a comedy club. Like they would call it like the, yeah. like we did, like we had a place called the Oak Barrel. We called it the Joke Barrel Club because it was called the Oak Barrel Pub. Yeah. So we called it the, but it's just a, it's just a bar that has a separate room. Yeah. But. It's it still felt like a comedy atmosphere. So if I had to if I had to pick one or the other, I'd say more of it in New Jersey is bar <laughs> slash restaurant slash you know American Legion slash Elks Lodge that yeah. just have space for comedy. So is it kind of like that same? Obviously, New York City. I mean, they have fucking everything in New York City. But like, if you get out of the city, even like in New York or like Pennsylvania, kind of the same thing too. New York, New York is the same. Like outside New- of the city. Okay, well, this even in the city, it's the same. Yeah. So, so you have like your your upper, you have your you know your Carolines, your stand up New York, you're the stand, your 
your Broadway Comedy Club, your New York Comedy Club, your Greenwich Village or East Village Comedy Club. Mm. But then in between all that, there are – when I was in New York every week, I would be at this place called the Holiday Cocktail Lounge. And that was a bar that did comedy. And that's where I met all of the famous people that I know now because wow. I, they would go on first. And because I had little to no experience, I would quote unquote headline and everyone was gone. So yeah. like I'm literally performing just in front of them. And so there are those places. Uh, the Grizzly Pear is a place that has kind of come up a little bit in terms of their reputation and, and, you know, the comedy seller obviously is like, God, I've never worked a comedy seller. Yeah. I'll never, I'll never work the comedy seller. No, I'll never be that good. But, but there's a whole lot of bars that you could do to hone your craft before you get to, you know, you know, New York comedy club, Broadway comedy club, stand up yeah. New York. So again, it's a, those kind of clubs, like the Carolines of the world, yeah. they're awesome. If you get to work there and I've worked Carolines, but if you're there, like the it's that's like a a promoter's room. That's not a comics room. Okay, they're trying to figure out how they can get the most money out of amateur comics, right? Or or, uh, or non or semi pro comics stuff like that. So they're looking to like to they you have to go there. You have to bring like ten people or like right. and like it's it's again it's 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 carny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, same thing as wrestling and same thing as, you know, as music. I'm like, yeah, we'll book you on your show. We got to sell 10 tickets, you know, and we'll put you on the show. Yeah. No, yeah. And and Carney Carney is not a pejorative term, by the way. It's really not. It's just the way of the world. It's just the term that's used. Like everyone's, everyone should want to, everyone should want to sell tickets and every performer should want their fans to be there. Yeah. So it, it, it's again it's it's, it's a you scratch my back i'll scratch yours but like clubs like caroline's and stuff like that while they're great and i loved working there the one time the one time i worked caroline's um yeah i understand why they do it but it's just a money grab out of them yeah so i mean i mean it's a business i mean you obviously want to make money so yeah. um and it's, it's pretty similar in milwaukee like i mean um <coughs> Sorry, I got a nasty cold high fiber. Dude, but. my allergies are killing me. So if yeah. I'm if I sneeze or like I know we're not a video component, but my nose is so <laughs> red right now from like blowing it constantly all day. Yeah. Between me, you and uh, Will yesterday, it's pretty much the decongestion uh, posse, but you know, yeah. we'll just have to deal with it. But uh Do you ever you get know, a chap do you ever get a chap nose? Like my nose is oh, chapped. Dude, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. You blow your nose so much and it's just like Yeah, the thing. Oh. The tissues aren't the best. So like I'm literally putting chapstick on my nose. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're like, God damn it, why did I buy these cheap fucking goddamn tissues? Oh, you know what? Because I have no money. That's why. Yeah. So <laughs> um disregard all the action figures behind <laughs> right. that I spent a whole lot of money for. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we moved back, because the wife and I, we moved back to Wisconsin for good in December 18, and we took a, a while to find a good place. And uh, this is totally off topic, but I don't give a flying fuck. But Dude, it's your, this is your room, man. Yeah. This is your Caroline's. Right? Um, but we were staying at my mom's, and my mom always got fancy toilet paper. And I'm like, Mom, why are you getting fancy fucking toilet paper? And I went somewhere where I wasn't fancy toilet paper. I'm like, all right, Mom, oh, right. fancy yeah. toilet paper. So I, I got a hot water and fancy toilet paper are my two like first world things I can't live without. I know this is your show, but let me ask you a question. Of course. Have, have you noticed that? Is it just me or are there not many 
squares in toilet paper anymore as no. it used to be. Yeah, like we just, I mean, we went through a, we didn't get the, the bad, we were kind of middle of the road, but it was just like, I mean, there's just the two of us. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm home all day, you know, I, and I work from home and I drink a lot of water. Um, so oh, yeah. Little bit, but I mean, but yeah, like we went through like four rolls in like two and a half weeks. I was like, during the pandemic, like we have four rolls would go through, we last a month. It, it's wild. Like, I, and it's not like I, I don't do that that often, but like, I'm still like, I'm like, I feel like I'm changing it like once a week. I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, wild. Yeah. So yeah. there. Totally so, yeah. Um, but you know, <laughs> um, but, but I was listening. I moved back, so I'd done a bunch of comedy kind of before I moved out to Idaho, like the mid two thousands. You um, did I, comedy? Oh, I didn't do comedy. I'm sorry. I went to comedy shows. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Um, I bartended. I entertained people. Um, but it's a lot easier to entertain people when they're drunk. That's, that's a great point. It's also a lot easier to do comedy when they're drunk. Yeah. So I was pretty funny behind the bar, but then you get me on the other side of the bar, and I'm like. I'm like a fucking wallflower at that point. Did you know I was a bartender too for a long time? I did. I did. Yeah. I heard you made your your mighty return on St. Patrick's Day. So I sure I sure did. How'd that yeah. go? Oh, it was fantastic. But it's like it's not really bartending when like it's just a beer and a shot, and the most like complicated drink you make has the names of the ingredients in the drink. Jack so ah, vodka yeah. club, Jack and Coke. I could do that. Margarita. Can I have one? Yes. Go down the street. Right to the to the other bar. I don't make you a margarita. Margarita, tequila, yeah. yeah. Um, tequila, yeah, tri- was it tequila, triple sec? Uh, and, um, oh, my God, I should know. Well, a friend of mine, he made these really fancy. They were, I, mean, I love tequila. Tom and tequila, when he was drinking hard alcohol, were like this. Oh. Um, I don't drink much hard alcohol anymore, but uh, Good yeah, thing. my friend Trey showed up to Trey. He made a great, fantastic. But he squeezed all the limes himself. It's like the lime juice he put in. It was like freshly squeezed limes. Did he have the little tool? Yep. Uh, he had the big one. Oh, he's got yeah, a big so I, tool. Yeah, so I would I I'd bar back him, so I'd have to show up like two hours yeah. ahead of time, and fucking I'd have to cut, and I'd be there for a fucking an hour and a half, just fucking squeezing the line. He's like, "You gotta do my like, god damn it!" So that's how you cut your teeth to become a bartender. You got to bar back, and even when you become a bartender, you still got to go back and. Oh yeah, this is. I mean, this, I went that. back to bar back, and like this is about eleven years into my bartending career. So it's like, what was uh, what was the percentage you got tipped out? Um, actually, they took pretty good care of me. It was about 20%. Okay, that, that, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. The, the cardinal rule is like 10%, but if you yeah. have a good night, they'll like if if the bartender doesn't make money, then you're probably not gonna right. make money. So, like, then it'll be 10%. But, like, if the bartender does really well, then you'll give like maybe like an extra five or an extra 10 on top of the 10%, right? So. And, um, yeah, because I mean, we're running less than at this place too. Um, so I know this is technically about you, but, um, so when I first started bartending, it was a little town called Cut A and it's in, it's in suburban Wisconsin and Wisconsin bar culture is fucking everything. You could have just, you could have just said Wisconsin. I have no idea about anything in Wisconsin. Yeah. But but, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's life. And I, I worked at a corner bar, um, but like you said, the shot in a beer bar, like the first drink, but it's funny though, because in Wisconsin, you can drink in the bar with your parents at any age. So I had get my, out of here. Oh yeah, dude. I had my first beer in a bar when I was seven years old. That's I, a shoot. All right. So that, oh, yeah, I believe yeah. it. And I would have probably not said it, yeah. but that's yeah. incredible. If, if you're seven years old, you could have alcohol. Yeah. So yeah, my dad, we, I get my little can of Miller genuine draft. I still drink Miller genuine draft a day and he'd give me quarters to go play centipede, you know? 
Because it was actually like a butcher shop, like bar type thing. So, it was, I mean, we're there now, Saturday, let, Saturday afternoon. Let me ask you this, though. If you're, do they like, do they stop you if you had like more than like a half a beer? Or, I like, think, I mean, it never got to that point at that place. And to be honest, I mean, I grew up with a tolerance. I was pretty decent to hold my alcohol. At like, seven years old? As a preteen, I know. Listen, yeah. When you come out to visit Kevin, I'll show you. You'd be like, "Oh, yeah, okay." I don't. I don't leave Jersey. <laughs> you never know, Kevin. No, that's true. I actually am. I am taking some trips. I am going. I am traveling this summer, so I should be okay. Just not to here. Don't bring me any goddamn tornadoes because or is it Boston? Every time you bring a hurricane, it was a hurricane. Like, oh. Every time the two times, like twenty years apart, or twenty yeah. more than twenty years apart, thirty years apart. Both uh, times I was in Boston, there was a hurricane. But it, yeah. it it wasn't that crazy up there. My flight got canceled because in Jersey it was bad. Ah, uh, yeah, I know that's the one. So, so I was up in Boston for the major wrestling figure podcast uh, live show, and my flight got both times I was there for their shows. Flights got canceled. I've been really lucky. I've never had a flight <coughs> canceled. Knocked on wood. Um, but both I, times it wasn't because of the locations I was at. It was because yeah. of Jersey. Yeah, when we flew out in uh, for Phil and uh, the Trimbuckles Robot, shout out to Phil. Um, okay. Shameless plug. Um, no, we, do it. I love that. Uh, Phil's a great friend. Um, I have Phil's phone. Well, I mean, did you listen to the um, episode I did with Phil when we reviewed? No, I, don't, I, don't listen, I don't listen to anything Phil does. That's he's right. just a good, yeah, just so. a good friend. Yeah. Um, that's a good episode if you do want to check it. We reviewed the you first one. I will. Um, we reviewed the first ever uh, Ring of Honor show. So, Ooh. yeah, 2020. It was, good. It was awesome. Who's Which is on, funny. Give, me, give me names. Who's on that show? Dan. Well, uh, the first name I'm going to mention, so the first person I saw on that was Dan Moff. Dan uh, Moff is actually the first person that ever followed me on Twitter. Dan Moff was the, fir- the first, like, wrestler or the first no, person? the first person. Yeah, ever. I just jumped on Twitter, like, two and a half years ago. But, yeah. Um, Dude, Dan had- Moff is one of my... I love Dan Moff more than like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, him and his uh, yeah, his take team. Those guys were awesome. Oh, uh, and and off. and Mac Steve Mac is a great yeah. guy too. Yeah, well, Steve Mac, yeah, former guest of the Shining Wizards. Yeah, multiple uh, times, both of them. Yeah, awesome dude. It was uh, yeah, but they beat the crap out of that Christopher Street gang. Um, but Jay Briscoe wrestled them. Uh, one of my personal favorites, Amazing Red. Um, yeah, I know Red very well. Good yeah, stuff. the Nation announced team was there. I love those guys. Um, but yeah, Jay Briscoe. Oh, the main event though. Listen to this: Christopher I'm, Daniels versus Loki versus Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson. Sorry. No, listen. I still call him Daniel Bryan too. It's tough. Talk about setting the fucking bar, and they <sighs> fucking delivered. Um, the first main event is a triple threat match. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and Lo- yeah, Loki's all over it, and I. uh I actually just had the Briscoes um, sign my copy of it. Right, I finally met the Briscoes a couple weeks ago, and um, I don't there, get stuff very often. There's some, there's some, Dude. there's some. They're like they are who they who you see on TV. Okay. That's who they are. They were so awesome. They were just. Now I'm just kind of getting shaky, you know. And I got my fucking gray goatee and everything. It's like, oh, we're practically related. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll be a Briscoe. I mean, you know, I almost got in a fight with all the Briscoe family at <clears throat> final battle, but. That's yeah, but didn't you didn't you also wasn't there a story where you guys were at like a quick check? Was, were you there for that? No, that was Matt and, and uh, they were at I think Dunkin' Donuts. Or Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, so I think Matt and Aunt Money ran into them after the show. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I think that was the first time we were in Baltimore. 
Gotcha. 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 That's still, that's still a tremendous story. Yeah. Um, that was a fun weekend. Well, you see us, Kevin, we're going to hang out in the real life, but that's not our story itself. But, um, where was I going with all this? We we went on a wrestling tangent, which I'm sorry. That was probably my fault. No, no. That's, I mean, it's bound to happen. Um, Oh, but yeah, my first drink, but listen, yeah, I mean, I'm exposed to bars. Uh, my dad was a bartender, my brother, uh, yep. my grandfather. I mean, we we're all bartenders. And the first drink I ever poured was a vodka Coke. And I just gave this bitch a fucking shot of vodka and a pour and a glass of Coke. I don't know what I was thinking. I think I was so nervous because it's a big biker bar. And I'm all. Yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of the place. It's kind of like the place that I worked, that I worked at for a long time. Uh, very big country, like. Yeah old school guy bar like uh yep. most like of the cra- most of the crowd is there during the day and not necessarily at night yep well the like, crowd shifts at night yeah because yeah. for a long time i worked the sunday morning shift because so i was opening the bar at 6 30 sunday morning how all right so that's wild we, we can't do that here we do that on sun on saturdays we t- were technically allowed to be open actually technically we're allowed to serve i think in new jersey whenever you want on saturdays in the morning but Sundays, you can't serve until noon. I might I be making that, that up. Yeah, it's got to be something to do with churches, I think. Yeah, I was like that in Idaho, too. In Idaho, too, the funny thing, um, you couldn't, your bars couldn't be open on voting days. On what days? Voting days. Whenever there's like a vote, like an election. Oh, thing. so what, they thought people would be all smashed up yeah. and go and, and. Yeah, so bad. I mean, yeah. it's not like that in Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin, you're driving people from the bar to the polls, so. That's um, so awesome. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was mostly third shifters. I mean, I yeah, I put on some performances. But, like, I'd open at 6.30, get your third shifters in there till about 10. And then you get your day drinkers from, like, 10 to, like, 12, 2. Yeah. And then uh, you got that little lull there. But, dude, yeah, I was I used to drink so much. It was – I mean, I had to do 25, 30 shots in a shift. Oh, my God. Fucking I didn't even do that much. And I'm a, I consider myself a pretty heavy drinker. It was stupid because I'm running around like a fucking crazy person all the time. So. Yeah, you're sweating a lot of it out and you're working it off. Yeah. But. Um, oh, okay. So let's bring it back to Kevin. So, oh. so how, before, um, before you return, how long did you bartend then? I bartended from – God. Uh, right when I kind of – well, I, I did the – all right, so here's what happened. I started like just going to this bar in my town, right? I was a regular at the bar there all the time. Uh, it's called the rock bottom in West Orange, New Jersey. It's not there anymore. Um, so I would just go and go and go. And I was always there. Like, so um, the boss would ask me to like do favors. Like, Hey, can you go, go to go up to shop, right? And do this. I'm like, yeah, no problem. No problem. I got no yeah. issue with that. Do that. And then like Monday nights when we would do like the weird, like college nights and like the, you know, the Thursday nights were college nights. So like I would help out the bartender to, you know, I'd change a keg or I would bring up a case of Bud Light or do this and that because I was always in, I don't know why. I just loved like the infatuation that like the bartenders got, like the attention that they got. So it was like, I, you know, maybe one day I could, I can do this. So I forget the timeline exactly, but so I would bar back for a little while. Monday nights, I would come in for college night and I would be the actual official bar back, this and that. The bar closed, reopened under a different name because I think they were getting sued by another bar, something yeah. like that, for the same name type deal. Yeah. Um, so then they they started to reopen. They brought me in. They were like, hey, listen, you're going you're gonna to bartend happy hours and whenever we need you. And 
And then you're going to also be the, the day manager. And if we need you to lock up, you're going to lock up. So I started doing that. And it was a really cool time because you're a hockey guy, right? You, yeah. We talked about that. So the bar that I worked at is in the same town where I live, West Orange, where the New Jersey Devils hockey team used to practice. Oh, shit. So the, the, the New Jersey Devils used to practice at the South Mountain Arena, which is now the Cody Arena. And the owner of the bar is best friends with Hall of Fame goaltender Martin Brodeur. So they, all the New Jersey Devils would come into this bar after their game. No shit. Yep, all the time. If they were home, all the time. If they were away in like D.C., Philly, or Pittsburgh, we would stay open for them. And right. then we keep the fryers on. Like we wouldn't necessarily be able to make them food, right. but we'd be able to keep them. So I became really close friends with uh, Martin Brodeur, <coughs> with, uh, who I go to New Year's parties at his house. Um, haven't, haven't talked to him since he left the Devils for St. Louis because I think he's mad at me for getting – for having – you said tequila. I had too yeah. many tequilas with him at his New Year's Eve party one time, and I fell asleep on his bar. Um, but uh, – uh, and, uh, so, so yeah, I became really close friends with all these New Jersey devil players and I'm still friends with a lot of them today. Cam Jansen, Paul Martin, Andy Green, uh, uh, you know, uh, Colin White, who a lot of, a lot of them are retired. Jay Pandolfo, Scott Gomez. Um, so friends with all these guys. So that's like, that was like the best part of my life as a bartender. It was like playing that's poker, awesome. playing poker with Ilya Kovalchuk. Like, like the guy, the guy owes me 20 bucks, by the way. Motherfucker. He still owes me 20 bucks. Cause he, we were playing a game. It was me, Ilya Kovalchuk, one of the trainers, uh, Ansi Samela, who has, I think he drank himself out of hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody else we were playing poker on the table. He had to leave. And so he gave all his chips, like, to somebody else, like to one of the other players. I think it was one of the, I think it was the trainer. And I'm like, dude, like, it's not legal. Yeah. It's not legal. And it's like, I understand 20 bucks to you means nothing, but I'm technically working right now. And there's nobody in my bar and I'm playing poker with you and spending 20 bucks of the money that I'm not going to make back. Yeah. Like, dude, you can't do that. But it's Ilya Kovalchuk at the time. He's one of the best hockey players in the world. Yeah. So like I couldn't, and then I got down the heads up with the guy that he gave all the chips to when he beat me. So motherfucker, I mean, yeah. twenty bucks is twenty bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks to anybody is is twenty bucks. But I'm literally my only job is bartending the day shift. Yeah, and there's nobody there till there's nobody there for the day shift. I'm popping a twisted tea, yeah. drinking it by myself, watching you know whatever's TRL on the yeah. freaking uh, TV. And playing the electric bowling on the freaking uh, video game. Oh, uh, see, our big thing was um, the golf. Top golf. Yeah, the golden tee. Not top golf, golden tee. Yeah. yeah. Top golf is um, the actual venue. Yeah. So that's uh, that was the big thing towards towards the end. So, um, but I just want to rewind. So, Kevin, you just said the sentence. Martin Brodeur is mad at you because you drank too much tequila and passed out on his bar. I don't think he's Talk mad about at the me. Of a fucking episode right there. <laughs> I don't think he's mad at me. But I think, I, it makes for a good story. Oh, I, listen, I'll say it because I'm 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 still very close with his brother and his nephew and his niece. Uh, but his um, I think when that happened, 
he lost a little bit of respect for me. So, I mean, if I saw him, probably don't. But that, again, this is, we're talking like over when he left for St. Louis, I haven't talked to him since then. Yeah. Um, but that we're talking years and years ago. Right. And now he's like an executive for the devil. So I'm sure if I saw him at the Prudential Center, we'd hug. Or if I saw him at the, you know, the, the supermarket in West Orange, I'm sure right. uh, we'd hug it out. And again, it was, again, this is just on my side. This is where I feel like he lost yeah. a little bit of respect for me. Because it was a bad night. Bad yeah. night. But it was New Year's Eve. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I've been there. So, wow. So your bar was just basically a hangout for the Devils every single time. Every single, every single home game, they would come in after the game. Um, and we're going back from, and but here's the thing though, what stunk for me is that they would be there way. They, they brought the Stanley Cup to the bar, but it was before I was old enough to drink and before I was there. So there's pictures of Scott Stevens and Marty and all these guys at the bar with the cup, but I couldn't get in. So when I so as a Devils fan, it kills me that technically because I became a Devils fan after I started becoming friends with these guys. Yeah, that I technically have never seen a Devils Stanley Cup. The closest I have gotten was the uh, the series in 2012 yeah. against the Kings, and that's when they beat the Rangers in the finals of the Eastern Conference, and then went on. But no, uh, I still talk to Andy Green, who plays for the Islanders now. I still talk. Oh, and this, this is what's also sad is that the older I get, the more players I see retire. Yeah. And, and I'm like, man, like, I don't know anybody on this team anymore. Like nobody. Uh, but like Andy Green is still a friend that I talk to. Paul Martin is one of my best friends who had careers, who had a great career with not only the Devils, but with the Sharks and the Penguins. And, um, and uh, Colin White, who won uh, three cups and Scott Gomez are probably two of my my uh, my closest friends. Well, Colin White, maybe not Gomer, but Colin White wow. is probably like one of my best friends in the world. All three was that the year they swept the Red Wings one year. And I've always hated the Devils ever since. So yeah, hey, listen, I ain't mad at you. No, so I mean, and I, I'm not even wearing this Devils hat to troll you. It was literally just a. Yeah. I'm a Devils. I'm a hockey has become my like. I'm a diehard Jets fan. Yeah, and I'm a diehard. I love I love the Yankees, but I'm a diehard Jets and Devils fan. Like those are my yeah. I'm pa- I'll not miss a game. God, when the fuck are the Jets going to get their shit together? I think the Jets will this year. I mean, and I'm a Brewer fan. I mean, I'm a tortured fucking Brewer fan. So, I mean, you know, I mean, the Packers have been good, but I can't believe the Bucks won the championship last year. That just boggles my fucking mind. But no, uh, they didn't. Uh, oh, yeah, did. the, the Rams won last year. No, I'm talking about basketball. Oh, oh the Milwaukee Bucks, the yeah. Milwaukee Bucks. The Mil- okay. Yeah, Algonquin for Land of the Good Earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's that? What's that series out with Boston? They came back and beat Boston last night, right? Yeah, dude, it was a fucking nail biter. Like they led like a minute and a half of the game. It was happened to be the last minute and a half. So yeah, and I don't know when this is going to air. So last night means May twelfth. Yeah. So it was probably drop Saturday ish. Nice. We'll see. It depends on. uh, I'll probably pass out. I'll probably edit this tomorrow. But and by editing, I mean I'll just put this in the thing and whatnot. So and we're about to die here for a second. Yeah. So do you want to? What do you want to do? Yeah. All right. So high fivers, we're going to pause real quick and we're going to be right back. Yeah. Let me. All right. High fivers. We are back. Um, so I'm going to reiterate the fuck you zoom and your goddamn 40 minute time limit thing. But, uh, you know, I ranted enough about that last week. So, um, yeah, but Kevin and I, we were just talking about the bartending and everything. So, you know, so did you ever, were you ever a bartender full time then? 
Yeah, for a while it was my it was my only job. Yeah, for a while. For when I got laid off from <sighs> again, I can't remember which job it was, but once I got laid off, um, the the place that the Harrison Avenue Tavern, I would start going there, and the and the owner there was like used to bartend at the Rock Bottom, the 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 bar we mentioned before about with the yeah. Devils, and they're like, "Do you want a shift?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take a shift." And then like one shift turned into like two and then two shifts turned into three and three. And then literally I was like the on-call day shift guy while I had my Friday, Saturday, Thursday. But, um, but then once wrestling got in the way, like once I would start doing the wrestle pro shows, I had to take off on a Saturday. And when you only have like two like shifts, like, like you can't take off once a month when you only have two shifts. Yeah. Uh, a week so like i'm like putting on a calendar i'm like i gotta take off this day this day this day like for three months in advance for yeah. wrestle pro wrestle pro wrestle pro and like kind of like, and then it and then i only got down to like one shift and when that happened it was like it's funny it's like the only time ever i didn't quit but i also didn't get fired just kind of like he yeah. never said kevin you're not coming back and i also said i'm not I'm quitting gonna, yeah it just like resolved its like to quote Seinfeld, it resolved itself on its own volition. Yeah. Like it just like and no and neither one of us cared. Yeah. Like, I was totally okay with it. That's the best way to be. So yeah. yeah, bar owners, I mean, they can be real hit or miss. Um, I've been pretty fortunate to work to some about some awesome ones, but like when I was in Wisconsin, I mean, I was more of an entertainer than a bartender. I mean, it's a shot and a beer. But when I went yeah. to Idaho and like said my buddy with the fancy margaritas. At, at the lodge, it's a, it's a tourist lodge. It's only open during the summer, yeah. so he's got all the fancy beers, fancy drinks. I, mean, I don't know shit about wine. Yeah, another's red, another's <laughs> white. Dude, I didn't even know how to open a bottle of wine. Right, like so, yeah. I didn't even know how to do that for for the first like year. So like, yeah. uh, so like I said, I don't I don't I don't remember if this was before the pot or or on it, but like the most like the fanciest drinks we make at this bar have the names of the ingredients in right. the drink. So it's like vodka, Coke, or no, vodka, seltzer, yeah. you know, Jack and Coke, like this and that. So like, you want a margarita? Yeah, you can have a margarita. Go down to, you know, yeah. the Egan's Pub down the street. They'll make you a margarita because I'm not. The one drink that I did make, though, was kind of my special, because I work Sundays, um, were Bloody Marys. You got to, you got to, if you're working a Sunday, you got to know how to make a Bloody and Mary. I, and I made all mine from scratch. Um, so, yeah, so then when I moved into, um, so... Idaho was it was, an, it was a unique experience. So I had a summer job, and then I would move into town during the winter, and I'd bartend Sundays over there. So yeah, I'd make all my bar my my um, Bloody Marys from scratch. Um, but like my friend Trey, he's an actual bartender, but I'm the kind of guy who gets drunk and breaks bottles over his head and sets his pants on fire. Oh God! You know, so he's he's like an actual mixologist, and you're just breaking bottles on his head. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just, uh, you know, I, I couldn't get away with that at the lodge, but I mean, but we're like I said, we're there not only to get people drunk, but to entertain people, you know. And it, you have to, because like, they, like, as cliche as it sounds, like people go to you to like, yeah, escape whatever their regular life is, like, yeah, and it's and it, it, whether it's severe or not, it could just be, no, it could be nothing. It, their life could just be like them hanging out by themselves watching sports but like hey maybe i'd rather do this with a couple other people yeah 
And so oh. you, you have to do that. And then the bartender is the first person that you speak to because they're the first person that comes up to you and says, Hey, how are you? What do you like? And then you spill your guts out to them. And then, yeah. So, and then it's, uh, it's, it's, you can't underestimate like the, the job, the importance of the job of the bartender. And I know like it's kind of contradictory because you're, you're feeding people alcohol, but you're yeah. also like, but you're also kind of healing them at the same time. Like yeah. you're like giving them reassurance that everything is going to be fine. Like, I'm yeah. sorry for your loss. Like you'll, you'll find another job. You'll, you're a smart guy. I enjoy your company, you, this and that. And, a lot, and uh, listen, and, and the bartend, the bartending uh, job that I had for the last seven years, that's true. Yeah. Like we might not always get along, but if someone else that hmm. comes in this bar and starts trouble with you and I don't like you per se, yeah. but you're here every single day and this guy comes in and starts trouble with you, that you're dude's done. not, that dude's going to have a bad day. Yeah. So it's like, it's like the whole, to make it a wrestling uh, reference, it's when Jeff Jarrett was in The Horseman. And, Mongo Mc, and when Mongo McMichael was like, <laughs> this guy's like my little brother. I can hit him, but if you come in here, you ain't doing that to Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Like, it's wow, like, it's, that's a really obscure reference. I like that, Kevin. It's the only one that I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's just like it's the same thing. It's like you and your brother or your sister or, your, or your, you know your father and your mother. You get into fights, but if someone else tries to mess with right. them, Dunzo. That's a that's yeah. a Jersey term. Yeah, um, like Dunzo. I'm an like, I'm an only child of my parents, but my both my parents have um, kids from previous marriages. Um, but my wife's got ten brothers and sisters. Jeez, hello. So, yeah, she's seven. They go nuts out there in that Midwest. Oh, oh yeah, they they don't. Well, she's from Idaho. Well, so is that Midwest? Be, what is that? That's that's it's, it's north, northwest, northwest. North, it's yeah. north. Idaho's northwest. Yeah, I mean it's connected to Washington. Washington's connected to the. Oh know? my god, I didn't know that. I'm thinking yeah. Iowa. I'm thinking Iowa. Sorry. Yeah, a lot. That that's funny. A lot of people make that mistake. So, um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean bartending. It was. I mean, it was different. Um, like I said, in Wisconsin, it was a local bar. You know everybody. Yeah. You know, you walk in there, you see the same people. But Idaho, I mean, it's more transitional. Um, during the winter, it was kind of more locals, but you still do get a lot of outsiders. Yeah. But it was still cool because, I mean, I met a lot of fascinating people just coming through town. Yeah. That happens, too. We, uh, uh, like, we're re- really close to a town in New Jersey called Montclair, New Jersey. And there's like a Montclair film festival all the time there. And we've met people that would, like, come from that festival to this bar because we were right on the border. And now, like, one of the ladies, I think her name is, like, Jen LaFleur. She's like an actor and a producer for like HBO TV shows and stuff. Yeah. So like you meet like a lot of great people and like the hockey players still come in and it's yeah. just like, and then even like the, even the, like the quote unquote, you know, regular Joes right. of the world have some tremendous stories about, you know, taking, like you said, you uh, motorcycle trips across country, like yeah. living in an RV and, and doing all this cool, awesome stuff that I could never do. Cause I have no balls. Like doing all this amazing stuff that is just like you sometimes, sometimes it can get a little verbose, yeah. but at the same time, listen, at the end of the day, you're listening, you're there for them. Like, yeah, and I mean, and that's sort of, I mean, there are 6 million reasons why I finally started doing a podcast, but like with, with this, this chopping it up series, um, everybody you talk to has a fucking story. Yeah. 
you know, and that started with bartending. Um, it was the same thing in retail, you know, at the lodge, my last six summers there, I, I, I managed the general store um, and everyone came through there and I met people from over the fucking world and we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we're right. 60 miles from the nearest stoplight. I mean, it was a big tourist. Wait, wait, what, what, what was that? We were 60 miles from the nearest stoplight. 60 miles from the nearest stoplight? Yeah, that's a shoot, brother. So, yeah. So, the traffic, there's no traffic lights 60 miles from you? No. In, in any direction. In all three directions. Seems like so, the kind of place I want to live. To be um, I, I know people. and I could probably get you a bartending. You'd love it. I'll send you some pictures from where I, where I lived in Idaho. Um, but, but dude, listen, I mean, in, but in the general, but I mean, it's popular. I mean, we, it's, it's a fucking zoo, but one summer I was supposed to go to Australia. I had couches I could stay in, in Australia from people I met in the store all the way from Brisbane, all the way across to, to Perth from people I spent in the general store. Cause everybody like said, everyone's got a story. Yeah. And, and you like to think that most people are good and genuine. And it seems like people only report on the bad stuff, but like just from your story and my story, like a lot of people are good people. Yeah. And so they will help you. Like if they're, if they're they're willing to open up their home to you in Australia. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Some crazy guy in a fucking working in a general store, but. Oh, he's a crazy. (sighs) Oh, you're the crazy guy. He's not the crazy guy. Right. But I mean, but I mean, in the, I mean, I bartended probably full time for about six, seven years. And then off and out for about 13 I only called the cops three times in my career. Um, Ooh, that's a great, you know. So it's thing one time because of a deaf, uh, deaf mute guy was having a heart attack. All right, so I we never. <laughs> this is gonna sound bad. No, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. What you, but yeah. we would not. Ne- we would try not to call the cops. It doesn't look good. Yeah. And we would just try, like, unless if it was bad, if it was just a fight, we would try to break it up, but then just send people yeah. on their way. But uh, unless it was like, an, if it was a medical emergency, you got no choice. Right. You got, you got to do it. But that's wild, man. Well, I mean, I mean, you got to police yourself. Yeah. You know? it, it's, it's the hockey term, man. Yeah. That's why it's, it's actually kind of ironic. Well, cause I mean, where I bartended, I mean, licenses were at a premium. Um, yeah. I mean, that they gave away like a hundred license for like 12,000 people. So, I mean, if you got a lot, if you call the cops every three days, yeah, you pull your license. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and again, nine, nine times out of 10, it's just like, you looked at my girl, yeah. fight, push or shove, people get in the middle of it and it's over with before yeah. anything even really starts. So, yeah. And I, and I had to act tough, but I mean, I can't fight my way out of the way, <laughs> but yeah. I'm 110 pounds, but I was the, I was the hardest talking 110 pounder right. as a bartender ever. I'm like, I, I could talk a good game, man. Like to yeah. get people to stop doing what they were doing wrong. Yeah, I was I was the same way. So, and plus, I mean, you, <coughs> you make some pretty badass friends. So, I mean, yeah, that's true too, dude. Yeah. All you got to do is say, "Hey, do you ever want to drink here again?" Stop. Yeah. So you guys are close to Montclair. Uh, then it's the next town over. No shit. Yeah. Um, well, West so- Orange borders a lot of towns, so like I'm actually closer. Montclair is probably like the farthest town away from where I actually live, okay. but from that bar, it's literally less than a quarter of a mile. So when I did, when I do comedy at Tierney's, it's Montclair. Yeah. Like that's, that's where it is. Yeah. Um, So I don't mean to keep bringing this back about me, Um, but my cousin, so my cousin's family lives in Montclair, Montclair, New Jersey, Montclair, New Jersey, Essex County. 
I think, yeah. So she was, uh, she was an art teacher before she passed away, but her husband is an editor for the New York times. So obviously it's, it's close. We need some more water. I wonder if we have any mutual friends other than like the wrestling people. Um, yeah. You mean, you, you, well, I've got funny stories about that too, but I'm talking this list. So I'm in Idaho. And like I said, our lodge is pretty popular. Sun Valley is the nearest town at 60 miles away. Um, so all the billionaires come in and this lady came to the store and um, I'm just chatting her up. She just came up from Sun Valley, just checking up, getting out of town, make a long story short. So she's like, I'm like, well, and where are you from? Cause I always ask for people where I'm from, you know, that's where yeah. you're from. You know, she's like, New Jersey. I'm like, oh, of course. She's like, oh, Montclair. I'm like, oh, Montclair. I know Montclair is my, my cousin works in the New York times. And it's like, is your cousin's last name Murphy? I'm like, yeah, I'm talking this lady in the middle of fucking Idaho. And my cousin's <laughs> son dated her daughter. She was at my cousin's funeral. That's wild. I'm talking to her, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a small, and especially because Murphy is such a ridiculous name in New Jersey. Like there's a million yeah. Murphys per square mile in right. this area. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we, it, you led with the New York times thing. So I guess that kind of narrows it down. Yeah. But I mean, but yeah, it's a, it's a small, you know, and that's the beauty of being able to talk to people. Cause you never fucking know. Yeah. So. And especially now with the, you know, people connecting like, like we are right now through like, we've never met in person, but we're yeah. completely we will. connected right now. And we, yeah. and we had like a, like a 45 minute conversation before we even went uh, live on this show, which I enjoyed tremendously. So it's, it's, it's the world is crazy, man. 2022 was bad as the last couple of years have been like in so many ways, it's awesome to find the positives in it, man. And that's what I try to hope for. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's been a lot of pot and a lot of it's got to do with wrestling. I mean, I've yeah. made so many friends and you know? yeah. And that, so, so have I, and that's like, it's a dream come true that I get to do what I do with Matt and Tony uh, every week. They, th- those two guys, are the workhorses. Um, they're the, the, the bulldozers of the, of the podcast. Uh, that's at wizards podcast on Twitter yeah. at wizards podcast on Instagram. Um, and so they're, uh, they're, they're so good. And, and I've known them. I, I didn't know Tony. I don't think may, I may have met him, but Matt, I knew for a while before that. Yeah. Like, like from like high schoolish era. Oh, nice. And uh, he was old. He's a, he's a couple years older. I mean, he might be one year older than me, yeah. or like sixteen months, or whatever the hell it is, or or, or twelve months, or ten months. But uh, so, if it, and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been able to do any of the stuff that I do in in wrestling with WrestlePro and and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's but, awesome. I mean, you know, and, I, and not to blow smoke up you guys' ass, but I mean, you guys have met and created a great community. They have. I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are part of it, Kevin. No matter what you say. So yeah, um, I, I can't. I mean, yeah, I no, I just, listen to you too, Kevin. So no, I I understand that, and I do appreciate that, and I I love joking around. I love I love making terrible terrible jokes, uh, uh, with them, and and Tony being like, oh god, or Matt being like, a boo, yeah. like, I. It's just it's. I don't know what I do without the podcast, to be honest with you. So it's yeah. just, it's tremendous. And, and I know that's how you and I got connected through yeah. the turnbuckle throwbacks and these guys. So it's a blessing and, and uh, I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, wouldn't probably be, not. I wouldn't be doing this without that, without yeah. them. So it means so a I mean, lot. Will, me. And my co-host, I mean, Will, I mean, obviously I met Will through the pod, through the podcast. So, you know, I have hung out with Will in, in, in the real life also. So. 
Will William Mercier Jr. Okay, I saw you mentioned that earlier, and I was like, wait, he's not talking about. Yeah. Mer- Mer- yeah. Can I do it? Can I drop it real quick? I would actually, I mean, I would be severely disappointed. And I would like a backstory, by the way. All um, right. So the the backstory is that William Mercier sounds a lot like the WWF character Waylon Mercy from like 1995, 1996. And and Waylon Mercy's tagline was lives are going to be in Waylon Mercy's hands. You know what I mean? So William Mercier sounds a lot like Waylon Mercy, Dan Spivey. So I would I don't know how I don't know when the first time I did it was, but I just when I heard William Mercier Jr., I was like, lives are gonna be oh, in William Mercier's hands. That's you know what I mean? That's hilarious. So yeah, I don't even think he knows that story. So I'll text him. He's gotta know, right? He might. I don't know. I'll have to double I mean, check with him. So again, like our fans are the best, and our friend they're the friends. They're not fans. They're, they're our friends. So like they're tremendous. But I guess that maybe like we don't communicate like on a personal level as much as like yeah. other than like like you know retweeting or liking or something like that. So I don't know if he knows it or not. But I feel like Mercier's got it now. He might. So I mean, but I mean, no, but been, I'm surprised I, you didn't know. I I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> And he's been, I mean, he's been with you guys almost the entire time. He was even I, on the network for a little while. That's it. Yeah, he was with Snowy for a couple episodes. Okay, that? okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I was going to guess if he was, because I don't, again, this Matt, Matt and Tony are going to listen to this. Yeah. And they're probably mad that I don't know that. But again, well, well I'll be flattered if they do listen. So, no, um, there are, they will listen. They will 100% listen, and I will promote Good. the F out of this. So. Good, and they should tell all their friends. So, um, Shit, where was I going with all this? I, we Again, tangents happen, man. That's what we did. I got really bad ADD, too, so I'm like, fuck. I said a really awesome point. Oh, well, whatever. But, yeah, Will Will's awesome. Dude. I, I love Will. No, he's. I don't think we would be as grateful to other fans if it wasn't for fans like him and yeah. you. So, like, it's, like, incredible. It's yeah, absolutely I'm, incredible. I mean, I've been fortunate. Um, I didn't get to meet up with Berg. Um, I, I do, oh, big Berg guy. Um, yeah, Love we were Berg. both at the Royal Rumble, but we just couldn't connect. Um, but I'm having Brundon. Brundon's actually coming on to do that um, Samoa Joe um, uh, CM Punk trilogy thing because he was at the third match. Nice. Um, yeah, so I mean, I text him a couple times a week. Obviously, I talked to Will. Um, David Henry Baller the third I've hung out with in real life. All right, you know um, what? Matt, you know. You, you may have convinced me to get back into the Discord. Should. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You may have convinced me. I think I'm gonna do it. Yeah, there's there's very, very there's actually no toxicity in there at all, like, to be honest. Yeah, I I, I mean, believe that. But at first when it first started, I was like like I'm not not annoyed, but just like all right, I don't wanna I talk about wrestling like all the time. Like I don't need to do it here. But like now, you know what? I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm you gonna know, do it. You know, we don't talk in. just wrestling, you know that, right? I know there's a whole bunch of different. I, I've been in there before and and back out, but like, there's I like mean, a whole list of categories that you guys talk about, right? Yeah, yeah like totally. there's music, there's TV, like there's a whole bunch of different stuff. DDP yoga. Oh man, no. I yeah. just I bought DDP yoga like five years ago, never opened it, and I have no idea where it is. It should, right yeah. But yeah, Tony and I miss money every day. 
talk about DDP yoga, even though I haven't been doing it lately. I've been walking, but yeah. So yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've met, I mean, I met Kate in, in real life, uh, both the Rusinellos, you know, yeah, authors of pain. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think you should jump in there, Kevin. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to, as soon as we're done here, I am going to re download the discord. If, it, if my iPhone, if my iPhone <laughs> five allows me, it was on my old phone. So, but yeah, I said, yeah, this one, yeah, this is a, yeah, I was, I just had to get the screen fixed and I even could, I don't even think when I took it to you break, I fixed it. Took me a while to figure out which one it was. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you, you've convinced me. I'm going to, cause you know what? This conversation has been so awesome and so positive that, I want to have one like this with everyone else. So yeah, I mean, I am the Midwest Prince of Positivity or Midwest Wrestling Prince of Positivity. Oh, that was such a such a good gimmick. Make a T-shirt. I'm why well, I do have to get on my. I gotta figure out a fucking logo. I don't. But, I don't know how to do that either. I promised Matt that I would uh, figure out a way to get a T-shirt done. I've reached out to two people with a couple designs that I wanted. Yeah. Neither one of them have gotten back to me. But I'm not the kind of person that like. Mm like harps on them because right. we didn't reach her like a monetary deal yet. So like if they, if they said this is how much it costs, I would have been like, cool, do it. And then it would have been over. Right. But we, it never, like they're like friends. So like I never got to like the money yeah. part yet. So they just haven't done it. So like, I can't like be like, Hey, what happened to this design? Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's no, there was no money exchange yet. So they don't really technically owe me anything. Yeah. I've got a couple ideas. <laughs> for uh for a quote-unquote logo so i'll talk to you about that off air so no one steals it but i had a great idea for matt and i this is like the one that i this is like my like my must make shirt for matt like you know how like he like stumbles over his words all the time yeah i want to make the t-shirt and if, if someone's listening to this that can do this please let me know and shoot me a, a dm somewhere it's like, the, you know, the video game Marble Madness? Yeah. I want it to be like Marble Mouth in the logo of Marble Madness with the, N, with the NES like cart. And instead of like the whatever little N logo there, it's just like the SW. That's awesome. Like that's what I, like, that's like my dream shirt. And it's not even for me. I want it for Matt, but I've asked two people to do it and I haven't heard back from either one of them. Sons of bitches. But so if someone's listening to this this yep. coming Saturday, if you can figure out a way <laughs> to alter a marble madness yellow, <clears throat> you know, video game cover t-shirt, or it could be gray, like the, like the actual cartridge. I don't yeah. care. Send me some design that says marble mouth instead of marble madness. So this is really kind of <clears throat> that is an awesome idea, Kevin. <clears throat> Sorry. Get so get it all out i know dude i mean yeah i was at my first concert in like three years and i was screaming my balls off for fucking 90 minutes so i couldn't even talk yesterday it's a good thing i'm not in the call center anymore otherwise i would <laughs> so, yeah i recorded with kevin rogue on tuesday I was like all right kevin you gotta do most of the talking um, by the way kevin rogue didn't beat me i beat myself i'm aware i mean yeah. you know i'm throwing that out there rogue ski <laughs> um but this is totally, totally off topic. But I've got a friend of mine. So he, he does sells a lot of shit on eBay. Um, but he had a bunch of old, like, video game, like, sleeves. Like, the original, like, long boxes and everything. He sold a couple of those fuckers for, like, just the box. Not actually the game. It's like two, three hundred bucks. 
So the when you say sleeve, do you mean like the like video games used to come like in CDs, like a long sleeve? All right, so, so I think we might be off on the vernacular. When I when I think sleeve, I think original or cover. NES cartridge was yeah. just you would it would come in a box. You would open the box, and the, so, yeah. and the Nintendo game would come out of the sleeve. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, they bought the box. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so no, if if you're a completist, if you don't, if you have the game and but you don't have the box then you're going to spend money for the box. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I got out of retro gaming a little bit ago, but I still have tons of like loose NES and tons. Like I haven't, I'm literally looking at an Atari 2500, like, or 2600 literally right over there. It's, it's insane. Like how, but I don't, I don't use them as much as I should. I have super Nintendo games, NES games, Genesis games, uh, uh, second dreamcast games. I'm I'm not a I'm not a PS guy, uh, yeah. but uh, I retro I got so into from podcasts and and YouTube shows like the Game Changers uh, the Game Chasers and uh, uh, retro uh, NES uh, Pursuit and uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's big and, big money, man. Jesus, dude, I I could set like I'm looking at like I'm looking at bins of action figures right now that I could probably like sell and pay like two years worth of rent on <laughs> for something, but I just can't like all the ones, be- like even the ones behind me, like, like people can't see this, but this is a, an autographed, uh, you know, wow. Edge, Kurt Hawkins, Zach Ryder figure that could probably, I mean, it's probably not going to go for much more for much now, but at the time it's, it's autographed by edge. Like that's like the moneymaker. Dude, that's fucking sick. I see the Johnny Gargano back there. Yeah. Uh, so what I do is I try to collect basics or I try to collect figures. I don't collect current figures, um, but I collect figures of anyone that's been on the podcast. That's cool. That has a figure. So like right here, you know, we have San- Santana and uh, Ortiz from LAX and, you know, Uncle All those guys. Tugboat is literally on top of Ortiz. He's sleeping. Um, Teddy Long, Matt Hardy, uh, Henry Godwin, uh, Desmond Wolf, Nigel McGuinness, uh, Brian Myers. Were you at Nigel McGuinness on? Yeah. Oh, he may not have been on, but we vended him uh, the first. Was it a WrestleCon? It was the WrestleCon when. WrestleMania was in Jersey the first time that the new stadium was built. Like so it was 2013. We had Nigel McGuinness <sighs> and just incredible. We were supposed to have Mike Mondo too. And this is before I was even a shining wizards. I, I was just there to, to, to help and to, to do like a roaming reporting yeah. and get interviews with anyone that I could find. Like I got interviews with like Colt Cabana. I got interviews with like uh, Tommy Dreamer. Um, so yeah. So my thing, like I, like I would never have a Nikolai Volkov action figure that wasn't an LJN if he wasn't on the podcast. Um, I have a Bobby Fish. I have a. I mean, of course, I'll, I'll collect other stuff. Like, but current figures, I don't collect usually unless they're AJ Styles. I have. Um, Unless they were on the podcast. At least that's my rule so I don't go crazy spending money. Right. 
Well, this is a cheap plug for my Ring of Honor Reverie podcast, but go. Uh, you know, we do review Ring of Honor uh, 2012. And uh, my personal favorite, besides Kevin Steen and the Briscoes, is No Fear Mike Mondo. That dude has won my heart. Yeah. I love that guy. I don't know where I missed him, but he's so good. Yeah. It was, like, it's a funny story because Matt. Matt went to go pick him up, I think, and he just never came. He he never came down from his hotel. Mm. Like I don't know what happened. Like he's obviously he was fine, yeah. but he just never. Like we were literally we were supposed to have Nigel McGinnis, just incredible, and Mike Mondo. Mike Mondo just and Matt went to go pick him up. Yeah, and he just didn't. I guess he overslept or something. I, I Matt's told the story a million times, so I don't even know what the actual mm. thing is. I love Mike. I I am a huge. You can ask Will. That that's yeah. my guy. No, big fan. I still am. That that that, that never turned me off to him because that happened. No, I had no idea. Like yeah, like he had an episode with TJP where he tried to bite TJP's eyeball out on TV. It was awesome. I'm like, what is going on? So that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, dude, that's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, this is back in 2013, I think. Because we also did the, we also had a table at, uh, before it was WrestlePro, PWS, and we had, I hope I'm getting this right, because my, my memory is terrible. I um, hope I'm getting this right. This is the time we had John Morrison at our table, and we vended night one of WrestlePro, or uh, PWS and night two of PWS. But that's when I met, that's when I talked to the Briscoes for the first time in 2013. Cause I was like, again, the roaming reporter yeah. before it was an official shining wizard. I was going, I was, I had access to anywhere I wanted in the locker room talking to Jushin Thunder Liger without his mask. On. Whoa. Yeah. That was the, the, I no, I'm sorry. I wasn't talking to him, but I saw him without his mask on. That was the most heartbreaking day of my life. Seeing what he looked like without his mask. But the Briscoes, the po- uh, that's why I have the Pope because the Pope D'Angelo De Niro is technically a former guest because he did the uh, he did an interview with us at that show. So oh. we talked about White Castle, I think actually. The Pope's killing it in NWA right now. Yeah, man, I'm all about I'm all about all things NWA. Not as much as Tony, but I, I if I can watch it, I will watch it. Yeah, I need it's just. It's so there's so much fucking wrestling. It, it's bananas. Yeah, it's tough. You know. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, like this week I gotta watch six hours of wrestling just for the podcast. So I mean I got two episodes of the Cruiserweight Classic and our, our episode of Ring of Honor TV, and then we got Border Wars. So you know what's funny? To to tie it back into bartending, I went to uh when the cruise you're talking about the first cruiserweight classic, right? Yeah. That that TJP one. Yeah. Oh, it's funny, it was because they did two May Youngs, only one. Yeah. Cruiserweight. So I have a picture of myself going to the bar where I worked, but as a customer, uh, bringing my laptop to watch the Cruiserweight Classic, showing it to a bartender who was not a wrestling fan, but he could not look away yeah. from the Cruiserweight Classic. And I'll send you that picture at some point, uh, uh, either not, if not tonight, then tomorrow. Because nice. we're, we're watching the... like. We're literally watching the Cruiserweight Classic on the uh, on the laptop at the bar because it's oh. only two of us. Yeah, bartending. I said it's a 
you know, maybe we should get together and just write a, a screenplay someday. So I even had a name for my screenplay and everything. So I was going to call oh. it Barstool Sunrise. Barstool Sunrise. Yeah, if I can have, if I had a nickel. Right. If I had a nickel for every time that we would stay till after closing until like kids are walking to school the next oh, day yeah. and we're oh. still there. How legal is that for you in, in uh, New Jersey? Then? Well, no, we'd close the bar. Right, no, closed, I know, but I mean, but the staff would be, be there. Um, I don't want to say too much, but it was right. Quote, yeah. Unquote. A. Cop yeah, Wisconsin was it's it, in a lot of ways. It's super strict. Like you couldn't be in the bar after hours if you didn't have a license. So like the bouncers or anybody okay. are back, you couldn't be in the bar after bar close. Yeah, but we were, we were, we had pretty good favor. With, right. Uh, yes. I mean, with, same here. So with the authorities. So like, again, it wasn't always ideal, but right. it didn't happen all the time. But if it did happen, no one would, and we'd all get home safely. We wouldn't drive or anything yeah. like that. So like, it was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Many, many hours. And we opened back up at say we closed at two and we opened back at six. So, I mean, it's, yeah. That is nuts. I can't imagine that. Yeah. You're open at 6 a.m., seven days a week in Wisconsin. So, oh my God. I'm, I think I might actually move there. Yeah. It's, um, we, we enjoy our bars. Listen, I don't go out nearly as much um, as I used to. Just, I mean, you know, I mean, she, I mean, she hangs out in the bars. Like I used to do this. It was called Sunday Fun Day. And I worked <laughs> the entire day. Um, it was like a, she, you know, we were just dating. We actually hung on the bar with me for the full 14 hour shift. So, gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. listen, that's, that's incredible. It's a great story. Yeah. Wow. So you, you passed out on Marty Broder's bar for too much tequila. Yeah. I woke up though, which was good. Yeah. That helped. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, without it. I yeah. Mean, uh, yeah. Again, so I've, uh, I've, I posted pictures of me, him and, and, uh, at the bar a couple of times. Yeah. So. So just, I, I mean, did you ever have like, I mean, speaking of your comedy career, did you ever have like comedians roll in or anything? In West Orange? Only if it was after a show that, that I put on. Like okay. if it was a show that I produced in New Jersey, we'd all hang out afterwards. Like the show that I did with Michael Che, who's uh, one of the anchors of Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live. After that show, we went to another bar, not my bar, but we went to another bar and we had drinks and if, if i show you the flyer the, the list of people on that show <laughs> way 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 more successful than me so uh, it's early kevin it's only thursday that's a good point so yeah. it was uh the lucas brothers who were in uh um new brunswick natives who were uh in 21 dump street they have a pilot they've had they've had their own animated series they're they wow. are on that show um so yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. So I've hung out with comedians at bars. Like when I opened for like uh, Robert Kelly, we hung out, but not at not at that bar per se. Okay. Not not at the one that I worked at. No, I mean it, I'm sure it happened. I just didn't remember off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. So, but. all right. Well, we're coming up on another break, um, but I do want to talk about you like promoting shows. So don't okay. that. So no all right, high fivers. We are going to be back in about 120 seconds, but for your ear holes, it'll be about five. So. All right, high fivers. We are back um, from our fuck you Zoom break. Damn, damn it! You know, it was so. It was you know. If I can make it work, it's so easy. But you know, I may have to try the stream there. But we'll we'll talk about that later. But 
Um, but yeah, Kevin, actually, I've been meaning to ask you for a while. Um, but so you were promoting shows for a while too, as a comedian. Yeah. You, um, a lot of comedians tend to do that at some point, they try to find a venue where they can run their own shows and book their own comics and, and do stuff like that. It's not, it's not uncommon at all. Um, but it's just always tough when you're actually like a comic and doing it at the same time and yeah. you're on the show. And, um, so yeah, I've, yeah, I've done that for, for a while, a, a lot, a lot with a co-producer, um, my buddy, Rich, we would co-produce shows because he would have the equipment and I would have the, the relationship with the, with the ownership of the place and, and the, uh, and the experience of doing it. So I started doing that 12 years ago and then he came in and he pretty much took the reins, which is fine by me. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. So he, um, so yeah, but I haven't done it in a while though. So yeah. is that out of like necessity or is that just something you want to try to get your hand in or both? Right. So what, I, the first show I can remember producing, it was a fundraiser. That's cool. So it was like, yeah, but it was a fundraiser for like a project that I was working on. <laughs> so like it was sure. like, but it still was, a, it was still producing. It was still, I'm trying to, it was in Hoboken, New Jersey. I think this is the first one that I ever produced. Hoboken, New Jersey did a, a show for a fundraiser for a pilot that we were trying to get made. And we filmed the pilot, but it never got made. Hmm. It was for my sketch comedy group, which doesn't exist anymore. But so we did that in Hoboken. And then I'm trying to remember whether or not I, so I didn't, then I started producing, I did start producing monthly shows in Hoboken. And, um, and then once my buddy Rich became involved in comedy, he came along for the ride. And then he just like, he's like an alpha. So like, yeah. he'll like, he'll want to mm -hmm. do like everything. And so, which is again, fine by me. Yeah. So, so we started producing shows at a bar in Hoboken, the same owner actually, by the way, who owned the bar in West Orange. So there was that connection immediately right there. Yeah. So we started running shows in Hoboken, New Jersey. And then in, we came back to West Orange uh, at a bar that went through so many name changes, but it was still a great venue because of the outside, the outside summer comedy series. Uh -huh. is such a, it's such a, a clutch crutch yeah. i guess a clutch crutch to have <laughs> people come outside they eat then they watch comedy the weather's gorgeous of course you always have to factor in the rain but we would always have a backup plan to bring in to bring the show inside mm -hmm. those shows were always packed and it was tremendous and the establishment no matter who was the ownership had no problem paying us the money that we wanted and we didn't ask for much we yeah. asked for you know you know the money for the headliner uh a couple bucks for all the other comics that were there working for stage time who were all very talented, but we couldn't really give, we couldn't really give them a whole lot of money because yeah. then otherwise the place wouldn't have us. If mm -hmm. we want, if we ask for more than like two fifty or something like that, right. we give the headliner like 300 bucks. So if you ask for more than that, then it would be tough. So sometimes we would just say, Hey, if you want to eat, a f <laughs> eat on us, drink, on us 
And then, uh, or I'll drink on us, not all the drinks, yeah. but comedians <laughs> like to drink. But uh, if you want to get a meal, get the meal, an app, and we'll pay for it. We always wanted to make sure, and this didn't happen all the time. It's not, it's not 100%, but we wanted to make sure as much as we possibly could that every comic left felt feeling like they were taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like, like, even if you were like, uh, do, even if you, you were just here because we did a favor for a buddy of yours who knows you and says you're a funny comic, come on. We're not going to pay you, yeah. but if you want a beer, I'll buy you a beer. Like, I'd, like We just yeah. wanted to make sure like something was there for yeah. them. So, yeah. And like, would you, um, did the venue usually kind of supply like the, you know, the sound system? and, and No, the we Okay, so you had your, all your own shit and everything? Yeah, we had all our own speakers. One of uh, the speakers and the mic stands I got from my buddy who was working with me at that bar that we were talking about mm-hmm. at the Rock Bottom in, in West Orange with the Devils. So he was a great friend, a great ally. He was always there to help. Uh, his name is Josh. And so he would always bring, uh, if I needed him, I could either go pick him up or he would drop him off uh, wherever I needed him. Or yeah. he would bring them to Rich or whatever. So, so it it was it all worked out perfectly. The expense for us was unless we had to come out of our own pocket, which happened. Yeah, um, which happened. It was next to nothing, which is what you want as a promoter. But you also still want to be able to make sure that everyone's taken care of. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> now we have a, we have a mutual friend that's got a a CD coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, did you guys ever um, like record any of those shows at all? What the comedy shows? No. <clears throat> On video, no, because I hate. I never watch my sets, and yeah. I never, I, and I, I never listen back to the podcast unless I have to do a press release. So, I hate, <laughs> I hate the sound of my voice. I hate, I hate that. Uh, I might regret something I say. I hate the way that I might look doing something. Yeah. I hate a joke that might, that I might tell that bombs. So yeah. like there's still stuff of mine on YouTube from like 15 years ago that I don't know how to get off there. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, like, please let me know. I mean, not, not that it's anything offensive. It's just like not funny. Right. So it's just like, um, so if anyone can help me out with that, that'd be great. But no, it's just, I just don't like what it, I don't like watching my stuff back, which is probably a, a crime in amongst itself because how are you going to get better if you don't watch and yeah, but I, but I rely on other people for that. Like I rely on the people that have been doing comedy longer than me. I've been relying on my friends <laughs> for that. So like, I'd rather ask them what they thought than watch myself back like matt and tony for the podcast would be like this was gold this was great we had such a good time with this this was a good time with that or this was bad this looks so like other than it other than if it's a press release or i know it was like a five-star banger yeah and i don't listen like i hate this like right now i hate the sound of my voice like literally right now so yeah I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the same way too and like you list yourself back and you count every single um you're like god damn it yeah, every. Oh, I mean, fuck it. I mean, I'm doing this to tell your story. I don't care. Hopefully, no, no, it's no, it, it, no, and it's a fair point yeah. because. But it, at the end of the day, like we're a podcast. Like I always say this all the time. Like people who come to us for like, for you know, like 
news or you know the like as Jim Ross would say the dirt like or anyone would say like that like no don't come here like we're here to entertain you right so like we're not we're not we try to be professional but we're but we're, we have no formal training in this like right. so we're just here to make you laugh and 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 talk about wrestling that's wrestling talk and talk about, about wrestling. wrestling yeah and, and on 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 the comedy stage it's like hey listen i'm making i'm trying to hear, i'm here to make you laugh I might not, but like that's my goal. So it's and even as a bartender, yeah, I'm, your drink might not be perfect, but my goal is laugh. to my my goal is to either make you laugh or to make sure that you felt like you were properly served yeah. or you were entertained by your time here. So it at the end of the day, everything is customer service, but like you can't. You can't bury yourself in it. Right. And like, I don't know how many bartenders go back and watch like the surveillance video of yeah. how they treated every bartender or like how many call center people went back and listened to like, oh, oh did I, did I, uh, listen, I was in customer service for a long time. So I get it. So like how many people that like, call back and listen, listen back to their phone calls that they made, they, you just don't do it. So yeah. even though well, we're in the entertainment view. business or just like, it's tough to go back and watch yourself like i guess wrestlers do it more than than people that not in the business mm -hmm. because there's no other way to do that you can go ask like a ricky morton or jake the snake how your match was but until you actually sit down and watch it with somebody and athletes too if you don't sit down and watch your tape with your coaches yeah you're never gonna know how you did so but it's different for people that are doing it verbally as opposed mm -hmm. to like physically well, the reason I ask is, um, yeah, so the bar I used to work at in Idaho, they, they actually started, they opened up a, a honky-tonk, um, so they had all their goat rope music, but I always told them, record these fucking concerts and fucking sell them. Um, yeah, so I was just wondering yeah. if, if, if you're like, I mean, not, not even just you or if any of the comedians just kind of sold it just to, to put it out in the future, you know, as, as a special or something like that. So, you know, I'm always just kind of thinking of ideas for a way to people to make more money, so... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like that's what it's about. But with with the comedy stuff, it wasn't. I was willing to take a hit if I had to. Mm -hmm. Like I had no problem like walking out there with nothing and giving, making sure. I mean, that kind of changed after a couple of years. Yeah. Once every, like, but um, in the beginning, like I just wanted to make sure everyone got something. Yeah. So, but again if that wasn't always the case. And sometimes I do feel bad about that, but we never promised them anything when right. we took, when they, like, again, oh my God, that sounds like such a dick thing to say. But like, when we asked them to do the show, like, come on, well, you know, we'll take care. Like again, buy you a beer, get you a yeah. order of wings at the, at the least, maybe we'll give you 10 bucks. If you're yeah. not where you right. need to be like, Again, sounds awful, but it is what it is. I mean, comics want the stage, and it was a good room. It was a very good place to work. And if you were good at what you did, you would get treated so well <laughs> by the crowd and so well by the by the establishment. If a bartender walked out to like um, to to serve a table and laughed at one of your jokes, nine times out of ten, you were getting free drinks at the bar. Like you were getting like, like you were so funny. This yeah. is on the house. Like you were getting that. And, and that, and that works. Or you're getting like a, here, listen, here's the order of Mott sticks on the house. You were getting yeah. that. 
So, huh, I didn't even think of like the aspect. Yeah, I'd be, you know, because I go to, I, you know, I've definitely gone to a couple comedy shows, but I never really kind of thought of the aspect of the people, you know, serving the drinks and everything. So, I mean, it's all, you know, a happy family. So, yeah. Like mm-hmm. in, in the rooms like that. So, were the people there for the comedy or just happened to go to that place and found out a comedy show was there? No, comedy. Uh, okay. The ones that the ones that I've run, I mean, open mics are different. Right. Like, if we're if we're running an open mic, then people have no clue that it's going on because the promotion isn't as much as the actual show. Mm-hmm. But once it's an actual show, and these were like legit pro shows, like we've had, like I said, like the names I rattled off before, like Last Comic Standing people, like Saturday Night Live people, Conan yeah. O'Brien people, like all these people are legit comics that we have to get to come from probably like New York City to New Jersey, yeah. pay for their transportation and pay for them to get back on top of the, um, on top of what the establishment was willing to pay us to pay them. Yeah. So we, at the end of the day, we probably did come out of our pocket more than we didn't. Uh, to the to maybe to the to the dismay of maybe the undercard, if you will, for mm. lack of a better term. <laughs> um, but no, uh, for for the for the shows that we did, it was a comedy show because it was always a separate room. It was always a separate place. <sighs> they would come in, ask the host, "Oh, we're here for the comedy. Where do you go?" Like, and we, they would direct them to the actual comedy room, just like a club. The club has the lounge in the front the bar and then you know this uh, the the comedy actual club is, is somewhere else they just try to milk a few drinks out of you before you get in there yeah and, yeah so the shows that me and rich ran were 100 percent, i think as professional as you'll ever ever find in nice. in comedy uh like that wasn't like a you know club right so. Um, so speaking of wrestling, so actually the last comedy show I went to, um, I don't know if it's a chain, but do you guys have the uh, comedy sports up by you guys? Is that like Com- comedy sports? Yeah. Not in Jersey. Okay. They do. It's, it's like sketch comedy, but a good friend of mine, um, one of my favorite workers, my wife's favorite wrestler in the area, uh, my buddy Aesop Mitchell, but he does that on the side too. So he works his promos into the comedy. Um, do you have any wrestlers that came in and did like work on bits at all as comedians at all? No, not, not, I, oh, all right. So I've never personally booked a wrestler, but my partner had a, another thing, Rich, uh, booked Mick Foley, who I, so who I worked with. Um, and I worked with him. I worked with Mick a, a, a few times. So I worked with Mick a long time ago. And, uh, and one of the greatest stories of my life is when this was one of those shows where I was talking about before was like, you wouldn't get booked unless you brought a certain amount of people. It was a bringer show, right? which I was so new. I had no problem doing it. And it was Mick freaking Foley. Hmm. So like, I'm not going to turn down this opportunity to, to try to get people to this show. <laughs> so I said, listen, I'll do the, you know, I'll do the, I think it was like a nine or 11. I think it was an 11 PM show. But it's New York, so 11 p.m. in New York, it, 10 years ago or 12 years ago, yeah. is early. Right. So I, I ended up bringing a whole lot of people. Shining Wizards Matt came. Uh, a whole lot of people came to that show. Yeah. So I basically brought the house, essentially. Nice. So, so I mean, there were other people there. Don't get me wrong. But I essentially brought the house. 
And I found out my time was, again, I wasn't going to complain about it, but it was, I was like, all right, so you have three to five minutes. Yeah. Because it was, a, again, a bringer show. You're, but again, it's Mick Foley. Like, I'm going to have a chance. I was still super Mark, Mark, Mark Kevin at this point where, like, I'm going to be able to have a conversation with Mick Foley at some point during this night. Yeah. Little did I know that the conversation was going to be someone else brought up the fact that all these people were here to see me. And Mick Foley said, like, wait, they're here for you? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm like, yeah. He's like, how much time did they give you? I'm like, three to five. He's like, nah. So he went to the promoter, um, the booker, uh, which was actually, I believe it was a Reverend Bob Levy vehicle. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him from the Howard Stern show. I believe it was his show and a guy who's no longer with us, James Napadano. Um, he went to them and said, like, this kid brought all these people and he's doing three to five? No. He's doing seven to ten. And so Mick Foley went to bat for me to do oh. more time than the allotted time that was given to me. I mean, I didn't do, I didn't do 10. I did like seven, yeah. maybe, maybe six, but the guys, uh, anyone that was Matt, shining wizards, Matt will probably be able to tell you if you ask him. Uh, but Matt kudos to Matt. Cause he, he brought people. I had friends that I hadn't seen like in since high school there. It was, it, I literally brought like three tables worth nice. of people. And, and a lot of them who I didn't even know were going to be there. Yeah. So it, it was incredible opening for, for Mick Foley. And then, I completely embarrassed myself the, the next time I opened for him, but we're not going to tell that story here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, but with Atlas, I mean, he's a local worker, but yeah, they, they work the comedy as like part of the wrestling gimmick. <clears throat> so they, they actually practice like their promos, like doing sketch comedy also. What's the name again? Um, what's my buddy Aesop Mitchell. He's a local guy. I mean, he's, you know, um, but yeah, he works, he works for comedy sports to do comedy. But he'll bring in a bunch of, uh, you know, because he's like the head trainer at one of the schools here. So he brings in people all the time and they just try out their their promos in, in a comedy setting. So, so yeah, I was is, he, like, is the, he known as the, I know who this guy is. The Violent Gentleman? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Probably just through like Instagram posts and stuff. Huh. Or, or like stuff that's tagged. Yeah, but I've seen his face before for sure. Yeah, that's my wife's favorite. So. I, yeah. hilarious. I don't know him personally, but I know, I know exactly. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. It's hard to forget that kind of face. Right. I mean, well, I know I was kidding, but, uh, Oh, well, you're, yeah, so you're, you're, you're a big star. You've got six podcasts. Four. <clears throat> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But none of them are good. So, you know, no, I, dude, I, I'm going to listen to all of them because if this is what you do with other people and you just literally have a good time and talk to them, well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Like, well, it's fun. It's it's fun hearing stories and like not to, um, like my the first podcast I did it was my buddies Chad and Diesel and like everyone that listened said, "Holy shit, Tom, you barely said a word." Yeah, because they just went off, which is awesome. That's yeah. what I was looking for. Um, yeah, because they're I mean they're they're my they're my best podcast friends and probably some of my best friends in real life. Um, I mean they run the network. Um, and they've been huge for me, but and I just wanted them to tell their story. Yeah. Um, my next one was my buddy John. He's a streamer. So, and I don't know shit about video games. So I talked to him for like an hour and a half. Um, I had my buddy Mike on. He's a semi pro, semi pro ball player. So it's nice. just fun hearing the sto- stories that, you know, that usually don't get told, you know. So yeah, this is, ah, this is like, I literally just feel like we're not even doing a podcast. I feel like we're literally oh, just yeah. like having like a 
hanging out. Legit conversation as buds, and yeah. it's just incredible. So, but I knew we would listen. I mean, I just felt bad. I'm like, sorry it took me so long, but I'm like, I need to talk to Kevin. Dude, it's so. it's incredible, man. And, I, and it listen, if you ever have Matt and Tony on, just so you know, it's gonna be all downhill from here. Yeah, so totally. um, so you started from the top and it's just gonna be Yeah. So let's, let's see, who would be the second best? Matt would probably hey, Tony's the bottom. So next guest would probably be Matt. If you want to go in like stair order, yeah. get Matt and then get Tony. So <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I was I mean I talked to Tony about doing it and and just us, me and him shooting the shit about DDP yoga. Yeah. You know, so it's just like people things that I mean, yeah, I mean, people you know for your wrestling podcast, but yeah, I mean, as we found out, you've got six million other stories to tell. So. Yeah, it's it, it's it's been a crazy life, not a great life, but just absolutely like insane the people I've been able to meet and the stuff that I've been able to do and the people I've been able to and the stuff I've been able to 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 do in uh like 10 year in a 10 year span or a 12 year span. It's I'm I can't complain about any of it. I wish it I wish I did more to further my own success. Yeah. But it, you know it's it is what it is. I got a good day job. I got a good uh I mean you're like six years younger than I am so I mean so I'm I'm gonna be 39 in literally a month from today. I'll be 39. Okay. I will send you a happy birthday text message. So <laughs> June twelfth. So, June twelfth. Well, I'll be 45 on September 18th. So oh, you're a spring chicken, bud. Yeah, I know. So I mean, well, I, I mean, I always say my wife's got an eight-year-old. She just happens to be married to him. So <laughs> well, I do act like a and, and I do act like an only child a lot of times too. So dude, it's, I mean, I'm I'm not just saying because she's in the other room, but she's a fucking saint. So I definitely I'll kick God out. Bless you, man. God bless you. I, I listen, I got a I got a lady friend who I care very much about. She lives in Florida, which stinks. But I'm gonna be going. But I'm gonna be going down there soon. So it's awesome. God bless you. I don't know. I think you just, I just gotta get out more often, Kevin. You got a lot of stories to tell. You got a lot to offer the world. So no, I, I feel like I do, and I, and I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm sure I have a million more like right now. But it, I, unfortunately, most of them revolve around wrestling. Yeah. So it's uh, so the comedy stories are great. Like. Like like I never ran into anyone like super 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 mega famous like I never like I never did a club and someone dropped in like a, a Seinfeld or a Chris Rock or a, or no like no one dropped in after I did a set or something but I've worked all the major clubs which Michael, I'm blessed for Michael Chase uh, pretty fucking big dude yeah but it's so funny like that's what I love about this business and the entertainment industry ever is like you work with people at different stages of their career yeah. Like, so like they weren't where they are now yeah. when you worked with them. But the fact that Pete Davidson is another one. I worked yeah. with Pete Davidson. So like the fact that like they were there, like it's with the podcast too. Like we had Adam Cole on the podcast. Adam Cole's one of the biggest stars in the freaking world, but he wasn't then. Yeah. But it's, but, and that's what makes me happy is yeah. that they're super, super successful and they're doing amazing things. And, um, and again, yeah, like Pete Davidson, Michael, like, it's just it, like the timeline, like the time, like if you put it in a time lapse on social media, yeah, it, uh, it would blow people's minds, but it's, I don't like to brag about it, yeah. but I guess it's what, what you said. It's putting, putting, putting me over. Is that what? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm putting you over. Yeah. It's, you're putting me yeah, over. You guys, you guys, yeah. 
That's, I mean, that's what I'm doing. Well, like I said, and I want to thank you, I mean, for, for all you guys have done. I mean, um, you know, once again, not to blow smoke up your ass, you know, and I've told Matt this in person, you know, Tony over at Discord, but I mean, you guys were really helpful during the pandemic for people. I mean, I, things were pretty good in my household, but I know a lot of your fans, the podcast meant the fucking world. And you guys really, really were there for people. And you may not even realize it. I don't. And that's, that's incredible to hear. Um, yeah. So it's just, I mean, so this is another thing to say, I mean, I know how hard this is, you know, to do, to do this every week and to thank you guys. Dude, that's, that's, dude, that, I mean, everything about the show tonight was incredible, but that just made it all worth it. So people actually felt like we helped them. Totally. I bet you, I bet you, if you pulled every single one of your Patreon members, I bet you they tell you something similar. So, I mean, I've talked to a lot of them in, in the real life. So. Yeah, seriously, dude. I mean, what you that, do, what you guys do matters. You know, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> like that, like um, I, listen, I cry at like nine oh two one oh and Saved by the Bell weddings, but like that's gonna make me cry, dude. That's, I almost I don't know why, but I almost cried when fucking Hook and Danhausen hooked up. The, like, dude, me too. <laughs> I don't know why, dude. I like, cry at the weirdest stuff at the weirdest times. It was so weird. Like I wasn't even a big fan of either. And then they, they shook hands. I was like. I get a little weepy. I was like, the fuck is wrong with me? Dude, I cry like at like uh, uh like I know like it's probably on right now, like the season finale of like the like the office. When like they're just like when Creed is like singing the song and like it's been a while, and then like I don't know why. Like it took he was sitting four feet away from me and it took me four years to get to him. Like <laughs> Pam and Jim. Like I'm a I'm a sucker for <laughs> anything like Rome, like it, ah, I cry at the worst stuff, dude. You throw on Macho Man Elizabeth WrestleMania Seven, it's fucking over, done. Dude, that's it. I'm done for the night. Uh, maybe a week. Yeah, I'm like Ultimate Warrior. I'm like, I'm, I'm like Savage. I'm retiring. Yeah, I'm, I'm dumped in. So, but yeah, I mean, no, I mean, seriously, I mean, what you guys do, I mean, you know, and I, I've, I'd go to bat for you. I mean, Matt's been super generous with me and Matt and Tony's been a really big mentor, like with the DDP yoga and everything. And it's having a chance to do this, man. And what I mean, it matters to people. So yeah. Well, two, <clears throat> two guys in the two better people in the world, you cannot find the Matt and Tony. And uh, I thank them every, well, I don't thank them like literally, but in my head, I thank them every day <laughs> that they, that they keep me around. Uh, Cause hopefully I provide some sort of entertainment yeah. value to these people. Yeah, and, I mean, and I and uh, and I'm super happy for you, man. I'm going to listen to all of your shows. I am going to um, go back to the archives, if you will, and listen to them all because this was a legit, legit blast, man. Like, yeah, I mean, we can we can definitely do it. I mean, this doesn't have to be the end, Kevin. I mean, we can keep doing. And if there's any time, like I said Perch and I, we're going to move. We're going to review a movie. You know, if there's something you want to review or something like that, so, I mean, fuck it. I'm in. Dude, I got th- like Thursday night, like nine o'clock. That's like my right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Is, is this when you record? Up. Is this when you usually record or no? Um. Well, I do the the crew. I do my Monday or Midwest Wrestling Roundup usually on Monday. Um, I do the Cruiserweight Classic one. Well, that's only a five part series. So that's on Tuesday. But then Will and I usually record on Wednesday. So Thursday usually kind of works. Um. So yeah, right in my wheelhouse, man. So yeah. th- dude, this is incredible. You're doing big things and I will definitely share and retweet and do anything I can possibly do to my whopping 1000 followers. 
<laughs> to, I mean, you got 700 more than I got. So, I mean, no, we'll, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Oh, um, so I'm going to ask you a couple tacky, like tacky questions. I know we kind of started off that, but, um, who's somebody you'd like to work with? With actually comedy? what, what in comedy? Yeah. Let's do both comedy and wrestling or shit. Even a band. Oh God. Comedy. That's tough. I mean, I, I mean, you can go like the super, alive or dead. What's that? Alive or dead. Okay, you can go the super, super, super bucket list answers and say Jerry Seinfeld. Um, you can go Dave Chappelle. Ah. You could go. These are like super. These are non-realistic expectations. I would have loved to work with. Um, uh, Norm McDonald. Oh yeah. Uh, Super underrated. Yeah. And I know Dave Chappelle has been going through some stuff, but I still would have at in his prime, like I would have loved to work with Dave Chappelle, but that was never in the cards ever, unless he happened to drop in at a show, which never really happened for me. Uh, not yet, I, Kevin, not yet. We're going to think positive here. Yeah, no, listen, if I get back into it, all good. I just got, when the problem is motivation. Like I have, like, I'm not motivated to do like, anything which stinks i have to find that switch to like turn on and just get motivated to freaking get back to work and get back to okay. writing and and get back to doing that stuff and i think the, the pandemic took a whole lot out of me and yeah. which is weird because i never got covid knock on wood so um yeah. i was just paranoid as crap uh all right so wrestling um work with wrestling i've dude i've worked with, like i've been in shows with like just about Everyone you could ask for. Oh God! Oh no! See, I've, I've worked. I've, I've met Bret Hart at shows, uh, but oh well, I've met Owen Hart, but not at a show. Um, hmm, God. Um, uh, oh, probably uh, this is gonna this is gonna get heat. I would love to meet and sit down and talk to the Miz. Why? I mean, dude, I love the Miz. Yeah, I love the. But I've loved the Miz since. Day one ish, probably the Miz. Yeah, I mean, that guy made chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah, dude, and he wasn't. I mean, he was bad. Don't get me wrong. When he first started, but he—that's when he just first started, and he's probably like the best. Probably wrestling is the Miz. Band, alive or dead, the Monkeys. Really? Oh, I'm a huge Monkeys guy. Like I like. The fact that only Mickey Dolan's is still alive crushes yeah. me every day. But Mike Nesmith was my favorite monkey. I saw them uh, twice, but with but after Davy Jones had passed away. Oh yeah. So I saw only the three of, but Mike Nesmith was there, and he was like my favorite. Yeah. So that's all that kind of really mattered to me. Yeah. So the monkeys, the Miz, and what's that? They got hits. The dude, they, dude, they outsold the Beatles in 1969. Like. What are you gonna, like you outsell you outsell the Beatles? Come on, yeah, you're doing something right. Uh, yeah, so the Miz, the Monkeys, and Seinfeld will probably be my three. Yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> I know it's kind of a generic question, but I just I was just you know, yeah, it'd be fun to put like a comedy wrestling show together, though. Oh, we've done it, and actually, it came up in my memories today. We did a live pod- <laughs> we did a live podcast. From a place in Jersey, uh, we did a live podcast slash comedy show in Garwood, New Jersey, probably about like eight or nine years ago, where we 
started with a podcast and then did the comedy show afterwards. No one came for the podcast, which stunk because we had the heavenly bodies, um, Justin Carino and Mark Carino uh, from Russell Pro or PWS. And then we did a comedy show, which was fine, but the, no one gave a shit about the podcast. It was brutal. It was rough. It's early, so yeah, I kind of miss your guys' live show. Maybe <coughs> once the world flips, it will... Uh, We'll uh, we'll fly out there again. So I mean, technically, we have been you know network mates. I mean, I have made three appearances on Turnbuckle Throwbacks. That's a great point. So you know, so I am I am I have been on the network a little bit. So oh, I know it. Yeah, but yeah, but the yeah. Bill did that was a really good listen though. So if you get a chance, so dude, I, I listened to the episode. I listened to your show with with Trent uh, before I came on. So I um so I'll yeah I'll, I'll listen to everything, man. I don't. I get, listen, at work, tomorrow's Friday. I ain't doing nothing at work. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to podcasts all day. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do at work, too. So, well, Kevin, it's it's up to you, man. Maybe you want to go another 30 or so, it's it's up to you. I mean, uh, it's 1130. If you pull the train to the station. Well, let's, let's save a little meat for the bone for next time. So, I mean, we'll, yeah. let's just try and do this more often. So, uh, anytime. Anytime you want. I hope this was fun for you, man. That's all I. Oh care. yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sick as shit, man. I've been sitting here the whole time having a fucking blast. Yeah. So, and to be the, I mean, to be the main reason I'm, I'm kind of saying that is because as you can hear my voices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude. We could have, if you wanted to bail out like an hour ago, we could have done that. No, man. That's this is this is absolutely perfect. This is exactly what I was looking for. So wow, wow. Well, listen, you got you got content for like a month now. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'll get you, I'll get to the links and everything. So, but, yeah, uh, please do because I'll share the f out of them. So let's do so, it. Yeah, I'll probably drop Saturday. Let's off the. I mean, it's so annoying with the Zoom, but um, uh, yeah, you got any oh, social media or anything that you want to put? Yeah, over? Um, if you're listening to this, please um, follow me on Twitter at Kevin Garifo G A R I F O. I I did that way before my Instagram, so they're not the same hmm. on Instagram. Shining Wizards, Kevin. Um, and yeah, and I follow the Wizards podcast at Wizards Podcast on both uh Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we really and uh, check out our link tree and anchor and just download and listen to all our episodes. Just Every had day. Caprice, just had Caprice Coleman on, just awesome. had um, God, uh, I can't even remember who we just uh, the author of the, sh- the original sheep of oh, Brian, Brian Solomon. Solomon. Great episode, Mickey James, AJ Styles, Edge. Like anyone you could pop, not, not edge. Wow. I can't believe I said edge. It's almost like me saying Austin theory has been a guest who has never been a guest. Apparently who I could, I still contend that he was. Yeah. But yeah. Can you make it? Come on. Follow the shining wizards on all short. There's 584 episodes, people. So, and I will put all the links for everything um, in the, in the show notes and everything. So. Yeah. Awesome, man. This was so much fun, dude. Dude, Such a good time. I had a blast, man. So we'll definitely do this again. But uh, high fivers, thank you so much. And I will talk to everybody later.